Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Plant Powered People podcast. I'm Michelle Kane, your co-host and founder of World of Vegan. And I'm Tony Okamoto, co-host and founder of Plant Based on a Budget and Food Sharing Vegan. On this show, we talk with plant-powered people from all around the world about various aspects of plant-based living, and we want to empower you to learn, explore, and evolve in a kind, sustainable, and healthy direction, all while eating the most delicious food and having a ton of fun. Today, we are going to be talking about something that's really, really, really fun for summer. Michelle actually just went to Disneyland, and it inspired us to do an episode on theme parks and being vegan and finding food. All those things can be a challenge if you don't know where to begin. So we have brought on Russell, Roller Coaster Vegan, who is an LA-based natural and organic food industry expert, animal lover, and karaoke master who travels the world in search of thrill rides and delicious vegan delights. Russell is so full of experience. I believe they've gone on 592 or something like that roller coasters and just has so much goodness to share. I love Russell. And just to to share how generous of a human being they are. Um, I had met Russell one time. And then when I was going to the Natural Products Expo, I didn't have a place to stay. Hotels were really expensive all around the area. I couldn't afford a, afford a place to stay. And I posted just asking if anyone had space to share. And Russell reached out to me. Again, they had met me one time, almost in passing at an event and offered to share their room with me. And so we got to hang out and bond at Expo. And it was really, really fun. And I was just blown away of the just kindness and generosity that they had to just share their space with an almost stranger. So thanks again for that, Russell. And this episode is so fun. I learned so much. You think like, what is there to talk about roller coasters? Well, buckle up and get ready because we're going for a ride. Before we jump in, we want to thank our sponsors of this episode. First up is Maxine's Heavenly. You've heard us rave about them before. They make homemade cookies that are sweetened using natural, unrefined coconut sugar and dates. Um, They're super yummy. They have both soft baked cookies and more recently, they launched their crispy cookies. And my personal favorite is their cinnamon speculoos crunch flavor. It's so, so good. I also love that they have chocolate chunks in their cookies. I know that a lot of others use chocolate chips, but chocolate ch- chocolate chunks are the best and they make it feel extra decadent and special. I love that having them on hand at all times makes it so that I have something to snack on after instead of having to bake homemade cookies myself. So those are some of the reasons I super love Maxine's Heavenly and you can buy them at maxinesheavenly.com. And you can also use our code, which is plants25, P-L-A-N-T-S-2-5 to get 25% off. Next up, we want to give a big thank you to Caraway Home. They make non-toxic kitchenware that I adore. I've been using their cookware set and their bakeware set. I have it in the sage green um, and it is my favorite. It makes cooking tofu and all those things that usually stick to the pan so much easier. Everything just glides off. They're easy to wash. And the best part is that it is non-toxic. They're made without any of the toxic materials that you sometimes find in pans like PFAs and PTFEs and PFOAs and other hard to pronounce chemicals. None of that stuff in Caraway's pans. Um, So I really, really love them. I 
also love them. They are so pretty in my kitchen. And I love that they don't uh, require oil usage because they're nonstick. And as I move away from oil, it just makes everything so much easier. Visit carawayhome.com slash plantpoweredkitchen to take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off of your next purchase. This deal is exclusive for our listeners. So visit carawayhome.com slash plantpoweredkitchen or use the code plantpoweredkitchen at checkout for non-toxic cookware made modern. Hi, Russell. Welcome to the Plant Powered People podcast. Hey, thanks. We are so excited to have you on. You live the most fun life, and we want to pick your brain about how we can live a fun life too. All right. (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and where you are, and um, in brief, how you got how you got here, how you got into plant based roller coasters, uh, being a really cool person with really cool shirts. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, I'm Russell, um, also known as roller coaster vegan. Uh, my pronouns are they, them. Uh, I live in downtown Long Beach, California, um, which is different than my home of New York because it is almost never raining here. Um, and I have been vegan, uh, since New Year's day, 2010, um, which, uh, I was studying, uh, in school, some nutrition stuff along with the business. And, um, it kind of came through that. And then, um, it became for me more about the animals and, um, but yeah, now it's been, uh, 12 plus years, I guess. Um, yeah. And then roller coasters. Yeah. So roller coaster vegan, um, uh, the other part of the handle, (laughs) um, I, uh, did a report in like sixth grade, Um, and my teacher was like, you need to do a research report. It could be on anything, even roller coasters. And I jumped at that opportunity, even though I was terrified of heights and roller coasters. Um, and through that research report, I just kind of became obsessed with like roller coasters. I thought it was so cool. All of the engineering that went into it and, uh, the history and like, just all of that. Uh, there was just so much involved with that. And it's just, you know, amusement parks always are such like a fun experience, you know? So I, I was, I was just like, I got to do this. And so, yeah, through that, um, experience, I then was, you know, uh, thinking probably I should go on some more of these roller coasters. So I started, uh, going on a couple small ones, but then, uh, uh someone, pushed me onto a big one and, uh, I, I didn't think I would like it and I loved it. So that kind of started that now 590 different roller coasters later and, um, a number of countries. Um, I definitely, uh, love roller coasters. <laughs> I, so. I didn't know that story. I didn't know you were afraid of heights. That's so oh, cool. Yeah. I think it's so, so interesting because I know people who are terrified of heights and they're like, Nope, don't do theme parks. But if you, if you just try, maybe you can be like Russell and one day overcome those fears and love roller coasters. I uh, I also am very excited. I'll be going with Russell to a theme park in uh, later in the year. And I can't wait yes. to learn all of the tips and tricks firsthand. We're going in Mexico, in Mexico City. and. 
I okay, so I made a rookie mistake. I went on the 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 website maybe I don't know five months, six months in advance, and was like, oh dang, they're sold out of tickets. And Russell was like, uh, they're just not available. <laughs> it's a little too far out. Yeah. yeah. And I think also I, I'm I'm pretty sure that my uh the season pass or I guess it's a, I have a, a Six Flags membership. Um, I think it applies to entry there too. So yeah, no, I think, think we're still good. We'll, we'll still be able to get in there. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So how do you plan your trips? I know there are a lot of people who do their planning in advance for something like this because they have to take time off of work and they have to get the family all on board. So for people who are planners, how do you plan your destination? Is it just where you are or do you plan according to if there's going to be food for you to eat there and if there are restaurants around that are going to support you being plant-based? How, how does that work? Yeah. So basically the way that I've done the trips in the past, so I've, I've planned out, I am a very big proponent of Excel sheets or Google sheets. Um, to kind of figure out everything. Um, but, uh, yeah, basically with these trips, I'd like to sort of plan it around the roller coasters. And of course that, that means that sometimes you end up in a situation where you're in the middle of nowhere and there is nothing. Um, and so what do you do (laughs) when that's the case? Um, I would say it's become significantly easier over time, given some of the fast food options that we have available now in terms of some quick bites. But if possible, I like to try to explore some of the local restaurants to see if there's anything that I could eat there um, and sort of see what's going on, Um, you know, but uh, definitely like middle of the road sort of snacks, those, uh, those fast food options have been uh, coming in handy for sure. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like I, uh, I, I planned a trip once through sort of like a number of different States. Um, and, uh, a lot of people I think would kind of have this, uh, idea that there's no vegan options in, you know, Arkansas, for example, but you know, there's, there's vegans in Arkansas too. And, um, there's, there's stuff there. So yeah, when I went to Little Rock, I was able to go to this uh, place that was a converted gas station that had um, vegan options. They had uh, veggie tacos and uh, and appetizers, and uh, it was good. Um, and that's when I went to Magic uh, Springs Crystal Falls, um, which is outside of Little Rock, Arkansas. And how did I find that place, you might wonder? Happy Cow, which is like so useful. <laughs> um, I would say that's one of my biggest planning tools. Because um, especially in other countries, um, there's there's so much information on there about these little spots. Um, and, uh, you know, just one more example of that is when I went to Japan um, and we were in, um, forgot where we were in, maybe Nagoya. Um, I was, I uh, popped it open and I found this spot that was serving is all vegans and had just opened serving, uh, you know, different like sushi and, um, ramen and different things like that. So I went and I had a great meal and at the end of the meal, they came up and they were like, how did you find us? (laughs) And I said, happy cow. So anyway, that's like a little, a little, uh, planning tip for for sure. For those who don't know, 
Happy Cow is an app and a website where you can type in your location of where you'll be, or you can even use the GPS on your phone to help you determine where to eat next. And it tells you, it does a whole breakdown of, of fully vegan, vegetarian, veg-friendly, some veg options. And if people are kind to users, they also include photos or a little bit about what you can expect. And it is such a handy tool. We use it all the time. And like Russell, we've been in, um, my husband and I have, we drove across the country and we're really, really surprised by how we could be in Jackson, Mississippi or Mobile, Alabama, or just all these different places and feel like, oh, there's going to be nothing for us to eat there. But then are pleasantly surprised that just two miles down, there is an awesome vegetarian or vegan restaurant. So that is a good tip, Russell. Uh, do you use that in the theme parks as well? You know, sometimes, uh, sometimes yes, sometimes no. I would say with a big theme park, like a Universal, like a Disney, there's definitely a lot more entries on Happy Cow about what's available at those individual places, which is super useful. Um, I would say with Disney though specifically, and I think I've, I've mentioned uh, this uh, page to you before, but um, uh, the happiest vegan, happiest vegan on earth, um, she's got just like a, such a um, comprehensive guide to vegan options at Disneyland. Um, and it's like I would go there before anything else for, for Disney specifically. But yeah, um, there's definitely some good stuff in there. But a lot of the time, yeah, it's not necessarily on there because, yeah, you have to get in there to see those options and, you know, how many people have necessarily been in there on Happy Cow. So sometimes there's some stuff. But um, what I like to do is um, if it's a small, like, family-owned kind of park, um, they're generally, like, very uh, – it's very easy to reach them. So I'll call a park beforehand if I really feel like there's no – restaurants in the immediate area and there's no obviously vegan snacks that are going to, you know, keep my time um, and and check and see if maybe there's something that can be done. Um, and a lot of time you'll you'll find some stuff, though I will say, um, you know, not always. I've definitely had some funny conversations before um, where they're like, vegan? What's fake? You know what, vegan? It's, it was really kind of fun. I was like, what's happening right now in this phone call? Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you know, definitely like, you know, they, they definitely try a lot of those places. But yeah, I, I think, um, you know, there's certain things that I always like can rely on, like the soft pretzels almost always um, are, are vegan at these places. Um, you know, I know a lot of us are sort of used to having to ask about removing the butter at like a place, uh, you know, like, uh, one of the mall pretzel kind of shops. Um, but a lot of the amusement parks, uh, tend to use these sort of like, um, frozen pr uh, pretzels that they just sort of heat up and then, um, you know, uh, spray with like water and, and adhere the, um, salt to. Um, so generally that stuff is vegan, but obviously you can check. And, um, generally, especially with those, you can ask to see the box or, you know, um, uh, the more, um, like Disney, for example, has ingredient binders. They're very meticulous when it comes to allergens. Um, and generally larger parks will be, um, some smaller parks too. So, uh, you can check that, but yeah. So if you, if you don't know that there's any vegan snacks that are going to get you by, um, happy cow is also great for figuring out what's going on outside, but yeah, happy cow can also be 
good for finding out what's going on inside too. I have a really cute picture of Michelle holding a Mickey Mouse pretzel in front of her face. I'm going to include that in the show notes. It's so cute. And um, we, okay, so I used to be a, I hate theme parks, especially theme parks where there are a lot of people and a lot of kids, which is most of them. So Uh, I used to be that way. And then Michelle started, Michelle and I started going to Disneyland every year before Expo West. And it was such a, an unexpected treat. I didn't realize that there was a method that you could use to have a more enjoyable experience because the time I had gone before, we just waited in lines all day long and (laughs) it just, it wasn't that fun. Uh, but then Michelle and I came up with our own, with our own agenda based on eating food and riding rides. And so we would get the fast pass, then go sit down and eat and then go to a ride, then go get the next fast pass, then go eat. And it was fun because we split everything and were able to try all of the many delicious vegan options at Dis- at both Disneyland theme parks. Um, what is it? Uh, California Adventures and yes. Disneyland. Disneyland. Yeah. Uh, and so it was so fun. Are there trips? Sorry, tricks like that at other theme parks? My only experiences are really at Great America here in Northern California and um, and Disneyland. I, I don't have a lot of theme park experience. So is it similar to that? Yeah. So it depends on the park. And yeah, actually, um, I don't know if you know this news, but unfortunately, Great America will actually be closing within the next 11 years. I just found that information out. So yeah, I'm definitely going to go visit again. (laughs) I've been going there since I was a kid. That's so sad. It used to be, is it still Paramount's, Paramount's Great America? And, and there was like Top Gun and all these different, uh, Paramount movie names of rides is it is it still owned by Paramount? No, so a- actually Paramount had sold all their parks to Cedar Fair, okay. which owns Cedar Point um, and Valley Fair. That's how they got their corporate name. Um, and uh, Cedar Point is a, probably one of the most iconic uh, American amusement parks. They're in Sandusky, Ohio. Have Woo-hoo! quite a bit of roller coasters. But that's yeah, where my so husband's they, family lives. So we 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 oh. went there one of the first times we. Went home to visit his family. It was really nice. fun. America's roller coast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I actually, so Michelle and I, li- we live in Sacramento and the closest theme park to us is called um, is Six Flags. And when I was growing up, it was Six Flags Marine World. And I don't know what it's called anymore, but I'd oh. love to talk about this a little bit because we don't go there anymore um, because they have yeah. live animals. And I would, I would love to hear you chat a little bit about if you go to them or if you've if you've decided one way or the other if you go to roller coaster theme parks that contain live animals yeah so you know it's 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 tough because um sometimes you don't you can do some research but you don't necessarily know um because you know you might you might be not delving into it as much as you think. I mean, certain ones are very obvious. SeaWorld, you know what's going on at SeaWorld. So um, I definitely, I've been to SeaWorld before I was vegan, um, but I have not been uh, since maybe 2003. Um, 
So uh, I haven't, you know, it's it's tempting as a roller coaster enthusiast, and believe you me, they they're trying to get a, a bunch of people to come there. <laughs> I think some they, people might not know what's going on at at SeaWorld if if someone hasn't, you know, seen the documentaries and everything. Why do you choose not to go there? You know, because I, especially I think watching those documentaries, you get a better sense of, you know, and obviously after watching them kind of looking into it also to see, you know, everything about animal behavior and and everything like that. But yeah, I mean, these incredibly, you know, uh, wonderful animals are, are being kind of kept in conditions that, you know, they claim are, are just fine, but, you know, time and time again, uh, it's proven that that is not, not the experience those animals are having. It's really, um, sad. Um, and you know, it's like for, for such a, a place, for a place that's supposed to be like a happy place. Um, I could, I couldn't, uh, imagine feeling happy there, um, knowing how unhappy those animals are. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, uh, SeaWorld, um, has some really world-class roller coasters for sure, but I'll look at them on the road as I pass by versus going in. Um, it's, but it's interesting though, right? Because, um, there's a lot of like corporate um, sort of consolidation in the amusement industry. And so a number of years back, um, you know, uh, SeaWorld and Bush uh, Gardens uh, became the same uh, company. So they're owned by the same people. And um, Bush Gardens uh, as well um, also features um, animals at some of their uh, parks. Um, and, uh, you know, it's definitely... I think that, you know, I think when a park is centered around that, um, I definitely don't want to go. So like a, uh, a SeaWorld, um, a, uh, a zoo, uh, not really the place I'm going to go if it has roller coasters. Also, why are we putting these roller coasters right next to these animals? That doesn't make sense to me. But then, mm-hmm. you know, then you go to a place, you know, like, um, like Disney World obviously has Animal Kingdom. and um, I've been. And yeah, I mean, I think that it's, it's also, you know, it's, it's all not what I'd want. I think that I obviously, I think you would probably share in the sentiment. I would like if animals were not used for entertainment (laughs) and I think they probably would like that as well. Um, but yeah, I think, I think I tend to try to avoid more, uh, you know, the more kind of upfront that's all they're about sort of places. And then, um, you know, I kind of go case by case on the rest of it as I sort of discover stuff. But yeah, sometimes you have these kind of not fun surprises where you go to a place and you didn't really know, um, that it was going to be like that. And you, you end up and you go, why are there animals here? (laughs) I, I want to be fully transparent to you because, um, you said you go case by case and you try to avoid places like SeaWorld, but sometimes it's a family trip and you can mm-hmm. be like, I'm just not going to go be part of the family and have fun and have this bonding experience with my family, even if it's at SeaWorld or wherever, um, or go and and sometimes be saddened. And I've been in the situation where I decided to go. My sister was getting engaged uh, maybe five years ago, four years ago at the Six Flags near my house. And I, I, 
I just decided that I was going to be part of my family's experience and and go and be very saddened by what I saw. Um, I I made an exception. And so for other people who are listening who might be in a similar situation, I, I want to say I really do try to avoid it very heavily, but I am imperfect and um, have made a choice to go anyway. So I wanted to put that out there too. Thanks for sharing yeah. that, Tony. And then I, I really encourage if any of you listening have not seen the film Blackfish, that is the film you can find it on documentary uh, on document on Netflix, and it is incredibly powerful. And it, it I think for many people, it, the idea of like what's wrong with the zoo or like what are the issues with you know animals used for for entertainment and captivity, it it's not so obvious until you really see what's going on beneath the surface. And that documentary will will help provide that understanding. So highly recommend that. Yes, I definitely would agree. And you know, it's it's I and just to kind of I know Tony, you were talking about um uh, uh Six Flags Discovery Kingdom, I think is what it's called at this point. Um, you know, I actually have been there um even as a vegan. And I, I didn't post about it. I didn't talk about it um, because I, I, I kind of made this determination. I was in the area and I was like, I, I'm a season pass holder. I'm already giving my monthly money or, you know, uh, sorry, membership. I, I always forget what it is with Six Flags. I'm already giving my money to them. And they do have this one park that has this. Um, it's not, I'm not necessarily additionally contributing but yeah, I I wouldn't encourage necessarily people to go there. But yeah, I mean, veganism I think uh, is not absolutist, um, and it's not about purity. It's about sort of kind of consciously doing your your best uh, and doing the best to um, you know cause the least amount of harm. But yeah, we are imperfect, and I think as a as a roller coaster enthusiast, I sort of gave in there, and I was like, I, I kind of want to check it out because I'm here and I have the time. Um, but yeah, I I ended up passing by one of those the tanks, and I was just like really not um, pleased with that, and ended up uh, leaving shortly after that, and you know, kind of uh, wanting to just eat vegan food and <laughs> and not. Uh, uh, think about that, but, um, but yeah, um, definitely encourage people to sort of look into those sorts of things. Um, but yeah, because there are also now technologies that very much, um, you know, uh, replace, uh, that sort of, uh, you know, need, need quote unquote for a live um, animal to be there. Um, you know, that have been developed where, you know, you can go through those sort of like uh, tunnels with the fish like overhead and whatever, and you could you could use screens and there's like you know holograms and stuff like that. And no, it's not an actual animal doing those things. But did we did we need them to? Did we need to put them through all that so that we could watch them do those things? Probably not. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I as a as a parent now, it's kind of interesting because I hear a lot of parents say, "But I want my kid to have this experience." And from my perspective, I want my kid not to have the experience of seeing animals exploited and used for profit, seeing animals do tricks, living in tanks so small they're just spinning around their whole life when they should be, you know, swimming free in the open ocean. I want him not to grow up thinking that it's okay for humans to just treat animals how they want 
without any consideration of the well-being of the individual. I want him to know, even if he never sees a dolphin face to face, <laughs> that there, that, you know, that fin he sees popping up in the water and those pictures he sees from them in their wild habitat, like those are dolphins and they live free in the wild and they ha- are mothers and families and they play mm-hmm. and, you know, like that is what I want him to learn. And I think it does a huge disservice to our kids to bring them up seeing animals in a way that's so unnatural and so disrespectful to the core of who these animals are that, um, yeah, I'm, I, I, but I'm really grateful to like shift this to a happier topic that many, if not most of the roller coaster parks out there do not include animals. So it's so easy to find today to find those similar experiences of fun and coming together as a family or whatever. And it not including animals, at least for the most part. And Russell, I would love you who's been to like 500 plus roller coasters. Can you share some of the best places, both um, that are more animal friendly, but also that have some of the best vegan food, just a great experience if people are looking for that? Yeah, definitely. Um, So obviously we've talked quite a bit about Disney, um, but um, yeah, the, like the Disneyland parks are, have like, it really is like some of the best vegan options you're going to find throughout the amusement world. Um, I really just every time I'm like blown away, um, by the new sort of things they come up with and it's exciting. They're always changing it. Um, so I'm really excited to get back over here sometime soon. Um, I have a credit from, uh, uh, back in, uh, 2020 that I, I, uh, I need to, uh, I need to use over there, but, um, definitely there, but I would say, you know, when you're kind of going to different countries too, um, right now in England, um, things are really, uh, just really picked up with, when it comes to vegan options. Um, you know, whereas, you know, a number of our fast food establishments here have options, like pretty much all of theirs do even McDonald's, um, and so um, that means that you definitely have those options at the amusement park, but then the amusement parks themselves, a lot of them are adding a vegan option um, or adding different vegan um, options there. So um, I'm curious to go back because the last time I went, there were definitely some, but it's just become uh, even more so at this point. I, I haven't been now for actually quite a quite a while, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, I guess, so d- definitely um, those would be uh, to... Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's funny. It's like the balance of like, I think, yeah, if when it comes to the balance between vegan options and, uh, and, uh, ride experiences, I, I feel like Disney really takes the cake, um, worldwide too. I, I loved the Japan, uh, Disney parks as well. Um, and, uh, they had plenty of stuff. They even had these popcorn stands all throughout the, uh, the parks. And I think, I think almost all of the flavors were vegan, um, on the popcorn, um, and you could buy these little tubs and then, uh, they would refill them, uh, with your, with popcorn every time you went by. So I actually have, uh, Duffy the Disney bear, um, in my, uh, in my room, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, um, I think, yeah, I think that's probably the best experience that I've had for sure. But it's not to say that you can't have, um, good, exp- good food experiences at other places. Um, but yeah, I, I think generally they, they tend to be the best. Um, but, uh. But yeah. Um, uh, oh, and then, yeah, in Japan, you know, kind of just what, what happened was there's a lot of vegan options um, in Japan. I think 
sometimes people uh, are like, I don't know about that. You know, like, it's because I, I was looking up stuff before I went and I, uh, but then I went and I had a different experience. But anyway, <laughs> that's, that's my, uh, my little spiel. I want, before we move on, I wanted to mention um, one of my favorite, maybe, I wouldn't say one of my favorite life experiences because I've seen birth, I've been to weddings, I've I've done really fun things with people, but I really super loved this ride, which I can't even remember at Disneyland. Um, it's the one that's a fully immersive experience and it takes you over different places of the world. Do you know what that's called? Oh, Soren. Oh, yeah, that one, Soren. And it made me feel like I really want to travel. And it made me feel like it just made me feel happy. And it gave wind in my hair as I soared over these really awesome places in the world. And it made me smell the flowers as I as I was going over flowers. And uh, and so I wanted to talk a little bit about the best rides and uh mm. also what is it cg cg computer generated imagery and how that's changing the experience and if you prefer those types of fancy rides or like an old school get whiplash like we have <laughs> here in um Sa- santa cruz we've got the giant dipper Oh yeah, love that. That's like an old school one, but afterward your neck is like, oh geez, like the older I get, the harder it is to ride. So which which do you prefer? How are rides getting better? And um, what are your absolute favorite rides in the world? Yes. Okay. I, I'll, I'm so happy to answer this. Um, yeah. So I would say I'm a big experience person. Um, I'll take a better experience over the most thrilling uh, ride any day. Um, and if that most thrilling ride happens to have a good experience, I'll take it. But yeah, um, I, I do really enjoy um, rides that are like immersive like that. Um, and yeah, just kind of thinking about um, some of those sorts of rides, some of the Harry Potter themed attractions, love um, I like when I went to Universal in Florida and I experienced some of those. I mean, it was just it was really cool. Um, I love that that we're kind of like doing that now with the technology. But yeah, in terms of the rides specifically that I I've had the most, um, like I think are my favorite, like in the world. Um, definitely, um, there's there's a ride in Blackpool Pleasure Beach. I'm in Blackpool in uh, England and uh, it's called, um, oh my goodness, how am I forgetting the name of it? It is a water attraction. Um, You basically, you're in this boat and you end up going in this, it's, is it, it might be Valhalla. I'll have to look it up later or maybe you will, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, it, it takes you through all these different scenes and there's like drops and thrills but you go in 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 hot you go in cold um it's i think the largest uh indoor like water ride that exists um and it's won awards at the golden ticket awards which is the amusement industries um awards um like year after year um and for good reason it is awesome um and then yeah there's like there's definitely there's definitely a whole bunch more um uh 
that come to mind. Uh, Disney does an, an incredible job of this. Um, when I went to Japan, there was an amazing ride that was uh, themed to um, uh, was Journey to the Center of the Earth or something like that. Um, and you end up shooting out of like the sky, like I Disney theming is amazing. Like that level of experience is really something that um, I like most in a ride. Like I've been on the, uh, I've been on the tallest roller coaster in the world. I've been on, uh, you know, some of the fastest roller coasters in the world, but um, you know, some th- those experiences I think are a little bit more um, for me, though. I will say some of those fastest, coasters stuff like that's it's pretty fun too (laughs) that's awesome I can't wait to get back to doing more fun stuff and I'm really looking forward to our trip that's probably going to be the next theme park I will experience living in this I don't want to say post-covid world but what are world that is moving forward from shutdown. Uh, what are some tips for people who are a little bit concerned to be around other people at a place like a theme park? Do you just wash your hands a lot? Do you try to stay six feet away? Are there any other tips uh, for people bringing their little ones? Michelle, you just went to Disneyland, so maybe you have some insight on this too. Um, what's it like and what can people expect and how can we just be a little bit more cautious. Yeah, I think that's definitely a real concern. I mean, yeah, I guess, I guess we're, it's really like the mid COVID world. I I hope towards the end, but you know, we're all sort of still, um, kind of dealing with, uh, with this, unfortunately, but yeah, I would say, um, you know, I definitely, um, you know, uh, when you're outside, um, you know, trying to keep that distance, um, definitely, uh, you know, bring that mask with you, making sure if you're going to be real close up to people, um, and inside, uh, rides, you know, to, um, you know, mask up to make sure, you know, you're, uh, protecting uh, yourself and others. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting though, because obviously state by state, um, it definitely varies in terms of people's sort of adherence to those, um, protections, and um, also the park's adherence to those protections. So some parks have sort of just let the floodgates open in terms of capacity and, you know, everything else. And others have sort of tried to control that flow a little bit more, um, have more restrictions, um, you know, are still doing things to limit that, um, you know, uh, you know, the, the amount of people that could be congregated in one area, et cetera. Um, and other countries, um, sometimes have a lot uh, more, uh, restrictions in that regard, um, to prevent that. But yeah, I would say if you're going to be going, it's just, um, obviously there's an inherent risk of course, and, and, uh, going into those settings, but I would say there's definitely ways, um, that you can make it, uh, uh, you know, a less, risky experience. Um, and those, those are definitely some of the things I would say, um, yeah, if, if dining, keeping it, uh, to outdoors, um, uh, you know, and, and also it's generally when you're at the amusement park, it's probably a good day. So, um, probably nice to be outdoors anyway, but, um, but yeah, um, I think, I think there's definitely, uh, those sorts of things that can be done, but yeah, I would say the experience will definitely vary greatly between States, uh, parks, countries, 
Um, so definitely, uh, yeah. <laughs> Russell, I really appreciate that on your Instagram and for those listening, again, it's Roller Coaster Vegan and flooded with amazing food photos that he finds all around the world, like just a must follow. But um, you also have some highlights that that talk about face masks and fake masks and COVID tests and a lot of resources that can just help you be responsible on that front. I know te- like just utilizing testing can be really helpful, especially if you're traveling in, if you're traveling out. Um, when I went to Disneyland, we didn't just choose to go for the heck of it. We There was like a family thing going on there that we it was important for us to want to be present at. But we were like religiously <laughs> testing because we didn't want to expose obviously anyone at the park, but also anyone in our family. Um, to anything. So, so there's luckily uh, lots of access to tools and resources and thanks Russell for making that easy for people too. Absolutely. Yeah. And I agree. Testing is great. And, um, yeah, I personally, I still, uh, I still get a, uh, PCR, uh, weekly, which, um, if you've got, um, insurance is still covered under, uh, that. And I believe, um, yeah. And also the free, the free tests as well. Um, so yeah, there's there's lots of uh, research. Also, if you haven't gotten your free tests uh, from the post office yet, you can get you can get them. So go get them. <laughs> Love it. Okay, speaking of free tests, do you have other budget tips for um, theme parking on a budget? I know at Disneyland you could bring in your own food. I was kind of surprised to learn that, but so grateful. Um, I don't know if that's the case at most parks. Can you bring in your own food? And just what other tips do you have to save money? Definitely. So yeah, if you're if you're uh, trying to save money on on a trip, definitely uh, some parks are not going to let you bring in your own food or beverage. Um, there definitely are some that will. They will definitely tell you on their website. So I definitely suggest going to the website of whatever park you're going to be going to and check those options beforehand. Um, some parks are actually a lot more budget friendly than others. Um, you know, obviously there's places like. Um, you know, the big theme parks that it's a huge amount of money to even get in there. Um, and then, you know, then the food itself is an arm and a leg. And then by the end of the experience, you've, you've spent, uh, all your, all your money. So, um, definitely, um, looking all that stuff up beforehand. Um, but yeah, you definitely can bring food to, um, a lot of parks, especially the smaller parks, um, and the smaller parks also tend to have um, less expensive food options as well, um, but obviously not quite as many vegan options generally. So yeah, um, looking up sort of what's around um, and uh, making some like tasty uh, sandwiches and things like that to sort of get you uh, before you go in um, and then, you know, finding out an option for after. And actually what came to mind just now is... Um, a friend of mine, um, Ted Lai, he um, had this little series um, on uh, YouTube for a second. Uh, I think it was like Vegan MacGyver or something like that. And he was making like sandwiches in hotel rooms and stuff like that. I thought it was pretty fun. But um, but yeah, I've definitely made sandwiches in a hotel room, though not quite as gourmet um, or uh, intricate as the ones he's making in those videos. But um, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Tony and I actually, I think Tony, this might be on your YouTube channel. We will link it. But when we went to Disneyland, we actually, the city of Anaheim brought us to go to Disneyland and create content about the vegan options there. So that's why we were like eating our way through. But Tony put up a video all about eating budget friendly at, or like going to Disney on a budget. 
which is pretty cool. And then the other thing to keep in mind is water. Like definitely bring your own water bottle. I know when I went to Disneyland, they were like selling water for $6 a bottle. So bring your own. And then if you forget and you're on your way, a lot of times there's convenience stores near the park that are at least going to be, you know, if you can find a CVS to if you forgot sunblock or sunglasses or (laughs) water or snacks or anything. um, Oftentimes we just swing there, pick up what we need before we go in the park because it's going to be like 20 times more expensive in the in the park. Yeah. If you are going to Disneyland, you can buy your ears in advance. You can buy an autograph book in advance and save so much money. I don't remember how much ears are there, but Michelle bought me a pair for my birthday from Disneyland. They're so beautiful. They're like glittery gold. And they were very expensive. But if you go just a few blocks away, you can, even if you forgot your your ears, uh, you can pay like 10 bucks instead of 40 bucks. Or get them on Amazon for like three bucks. And same thing for like t-shirts or if you want to, yeah, get, you can get all of that stuff in advance. Yeah. And, and you know what, and speaking about just parks and and the expensive parks and those are awesome. Yeah. I was, I was so focused on the food. I forgot about the other stuff. Etsy is a wonderland by the way, in terms of uh, stuff like that before the park as well. And there's lots of uh, great like individual sellers that have really cool things on there. I actually have a a Mickey pretzel pin (laughs) that I got off of there. With discounts at parks, uh, there's a lot of parks that you can get discounted admission um, by going beforehand on certain websites to find uh, discount codes um, and to find like uh, bulk deals. There's different, um, like Costco sometimes has uh, membership. Like if you're part of Costco, they have um, that membership. They have some discounts available at parks, uh, sometimes local um local uh chains like grocery stores you can buy discounted admission at those grocery stores um i would definitely suggest before going to a park looking at those options because when i do go on these like road trips with um, my friend who also uh loves roller coasters and when comes with me when we we go because uh we both went to college together and realized that we were, were both the people who liked roller coasters too much um, but, uh, when we plan our trips out, obviously we want to do as much as possible. Um, and so, yeah, it's like finding the hotel deals, um, finding the deals for the amusement parks themselves. Now we're both members of American coaster enthusiasts, which we have, um, a lot of discounts available because of that membership, but there's also additional discounts that are available if you search in advance. So definitely suggest not forgetting to search for those deals before you go to those parks, because you may be surprised with what you find. I love a good budget tip. So I appreciate that big time. Uh, When you go to theme parks, do you get all decked out like at Disneyland, for example, and even my own family went there recently without without me, but uh, everyone had like matching shirts and they're all customized. Do you do anything like that? Do you have your special like theme park outfit? You know, generally, I I don't know. But I, I would say that if I'm with the American Coaster Enthusiasts on a group trip, there's generally a day or two where we all wear our, our trip shirt. But I, I generally would wear, um, it depends on the park. Uh, but I, I like to wear vegan shirts to like subtly, subtly tell people about veganism without like really, you know, being too uh, you know, out there, but then, um, I also love wearing my roller coaster shirts. Um, 
And it's funny, I'll wear other amusement park shirts to other amusement parks. I don't know why. I just think it's fun. But yeah, if, if, if there's like an amusement park and I really love that ride and I'm like really feeling it that day, I'll wear that park's uh, shirt. Like uh, Phoenix at Nobles um, is like a, definitely one of my favorite wooden roller coasters. And I have this real fun uh, Phoenix shirt. So when I go to Nobles, I definitely wear that shirt. <laughs> sort of on the line of budget friendliness is just making sure you make the most of your experience and you really enjoy it. And I think part of the difference between people who love theme parks and people who don't is that experience of waiting in line. Because that can be more than half of your day, right? Lines are long. And I'm just wondering if you have any tips for like what you do while you're waiting in line to make it fun and not like you're just living for those moments on the coaster, but really enjoying the full experience at the park. Totally. So I think um, one thing I'll do is I always bring a portable charger for my phone um, because the phone is a great source of entertainment. (laughs) Um, What I like to do is, um, you know, go on there and also do like additional planning. So if we're online for one ride, but then we're like, okay, how many more rides are we hitting today? Which ones do we need to make sure we hit before the park closes? That passes time on a line. But if you're also looking for entertainment, um, there's definitely some like games on there you can play. I think there's that one, what is it called? Is it Heads Up or something like that? Um, where uh, I it's, I think game. it's like, yeah. And like, that's a great line game. You know, you just kind of put that up to your friend you're with and then, you know, you do the thing. Um but yeah, there's definitely things like that. But yeah, I think I, I think most frequently when I'm like stuck in a line, I tend to like, we, we like plan our next moves, I think is, is generally what we end up doing. But I would say too, um, you know, cause I think you mentioned before about avoiding lines, obviously parks that offer that fast pass is great. But if you're ever like alone, um, at a park and you're just wanting to have your best experience on your own, um, Single rider lines are available at um, a number of theme parks, and it is such an awesome hack. Um, When I've gone to a number of parks that offer that, the line will be like for days. But if you go on that single rider line, you're on the ride immediately, generally, because there's not as many single riders around. So I would definitely check beforehand to see if single rider lines are an option where you're going um, if you're traveling alone. And if you're not traveling alone, but you you uh, you'd rather share the food with your friend, but you can go on the ride uh, at different uh, you know on different cars. You can also utilize that too. But um, yeah, that's another another little tip there. But uh, but yeah, Michelle and Ooh, I did that great... at Disneyland. We were really surprised how fast you can get through a lot uh, the line because it really was non-existent uh, and it made the experience so much more enjoyable to just get in twice as many rides because you don't have to deal with the weights and you can go in together. So you pretty much leave together. Um, They'll stick you in super quickly. And so maybe you wait for your friend for like five minutes at the bottom by yourself and, and it's not so bad, but also you mentioned the phone. I, I have found if you're in a group with people, it is such a good bonding experience. Michelle and I have had some of our deepest life conversations in line at Disneyland. <laughs> and uh, and to have that time together is really special. So there's that too. 
Yes. <laughs> okay. Bring good people or a phone. <laughs> now, Wait, okay. Before, oh, go ahead. I have one, one last question. And that is, is there any ride that is too sketch for you? You see that and you're just like, nope. Or do you see it and you're like, yep. I definitely, I definitely have some nope rides. Um, I'll, I, I kind of, there's a few categories. I think one is, um, you know, when it comes to like these traveling fairs, uh, I'm not, I'm not really that interested in going on those rides. They've been taken apart and put back together so many times. Um, it's not to say there's no sort of mobile or portable like amusement park sort of options that I would uh, go on, but um, I tend to avoid those um, because they're you know I just haven't had the best experiences. Um, but but when it comes to like individual rides, anything that's spinning you in a circle too many times, it's just not for me. Um, that kind of stuff is like I, I just. I can go on any roller coaster pretty much, but that stuff, it's just going to send me to a not fun place. So I do avoid the overly spinny sort of rides, but in terms of like, oh no, that's 500 feet tall or like, oh, this is like, you know, a hundred miles an hour with roller coasters. The only like real note for me is there's this one like type of roller coaster. Um, there's a company called Vacoma um, and they manufacture um, a model of roller coaster called the SLC or suspended looping coaster. And anyone in the um, roller coaster enthusiast community knows um, it is a painful uh, roller coaster. Um, I generally try to avoid riding those and I will ride anything because I, I, I love my, I, I like my account of 590 roller coasters definitely includes those little kitty coasters that go in a figure eight. Like I will go on anything if, if I can, but those ones, I definitely pause before I go, go on them to decide if I want to deal with the potential headache that I'll have afterwards. But other than that, I am happy to go on all roller coasters. Brilliant. Russell, before we close, I feel like this episode would not be complete without talking about the spookiest places on planet earth which i fully believe are abandoned theme parks <laughs> and you were talking about these major huge parks closing that we've been going to since we were kids do you know like what's gonna happen to those what happens to those and do you ever visit like there's like the creepiest videos online i feel like it's a whole subculture of people who visit abandoned theme parks they like collect abandoned theme parks like you click collect real roller coasters what is that about? Do they just close and leave everything there? What's the plan? Yeah, it really, you know, it depends on the park and the, and the circumstances for closing. So, um, yeah, I've definitely watched a number of those videos too, you know? So when you, when you think about like Six Flags New Orleans, obviously the reason for that was the hurricane. Um, and so that's just sort of sitting there. They did move some of the rides to other parks, so some of those rides are still operating in other parks today, but for the stuff that wasn't necessarily salvageable or they weren't able to find a home for it, they just sort of left it there. Um, and, you know, that the other thing that can happen with parks, because um, there's some major um, parks, uh, too, um, that, uh, you know, they, they weren't able to finish building them because um, they ran out of money or... Um, they built it and then they did run out of money. And so then it closed 
and then they weren't able to sell the land to anybody. So there's definitely a number of circumstances why that happens. Generally speaking, though, um, they tend to figure out uh, another use for that land and and get that that park, uh, you know, so somewhere else. So you know, with Great America, um, I believe it's it's being developed into something else. Um, and so they kind of sold the land uh, for that purpose. The, the buyer is uh, basically uh, wants to do some sort of development, but um, but yeah, sometimes like that's what happens. Like actually, um, I was just watching a, an, a a video online. There was an amusement park that was built called Wonderland Eurasia um, in Turkey, um, and I think the original name for it was like Anka Park, and it took years to build. Um, it's one of the largest. Um, uh, it has the most, uh, I think second most roller coasters of any park. Um, and it operated for less than a year. Um, oh. yeah. Um, and, uh, it's just sitting there <laughs> and it, it basically had just opened, I think right before, um, COVID, um, but maybe like 2019, not 2020. Um, and yeah, it's just sitting there. And so there's this video online of this guy, um, uh, or these two guys, um, exploring it. Um, and it's pretty wild to look at, um, because it's, it's very like well-themed in a lot of areas and it, it's just sitting there. Um, and, uh, I'm not really quite sure what's going to happen with it. Um, you know, I hope that it, it gets to operate again. So the people there are able to experience a cool amusement park like that, but it's wild. It really is. Uh, it, it is wild to see that. <laughs> So, so eerie. Um, well, thank you so much, Russell. I feel like I've learned a lot. I feel like I now have the itch to go to another park one day soon. And I can't wait to hear about your adventures with Tony. Um, is there anything else you'd love to share or any tips that you have for anyone thinking of visiting? Um, just, uh, oh, um, you may feel the urge to pull your phone out um, on a roller coaster to like take a video or whatever, unless the park is telling you to do it. Probably shouldn't do it. I've I've gotten hit with a number of things that people thought they could hold in their hands on roller coasters. Uh, not a phone. Uh, I hope to never be hit by a phone, but um, there's a reason they tell you not to do that. Um, the forces uh, that you experience on a roller coaster uh, might be a little stronger than you anticipate. So just. Just so you know, uh, they do tell you to do those things for a reason. Um, but getting the quick pick uh, at, a, at, a, at a low point on the ride, probably not the worst thing, but definitely follow posted instructions. <laughs> and the best part is waiting for your silly looking face. Even if you're not going to buy it at the end of the roller coaster, you can see your face all like, blah, uh, with the photo that they took. So you could just wait to see that one. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And I have some funny ones for sure. So <laughs> maybe you can send those to us and we can put them in the show notes. Mm, I think I will. <laughs> all right, Russell, thank you so much for your time today and for sharing all of your knowledge and experience. Um, where can we find you once more? Sure. Um, and thank you for having me, of course. Um, so I uh, am online as Roller Coaster Vegan on Instagram. Uh, also on TikTok, though, I don't know what I'm doing on there. So probably, you know, if you want to see me sing for some reason, that that, that might be there. Um, and uh, I, I'm on YouTube, but I don't I don't really have anything posted. So Instagram, Instagram, roller coaster vegan, probably going to be your best bet to uh, see what I'm up to. All right, we will link that in the show notes. And thank you again. Thanks, Russell. Thank you. 
A quick reminder to check out our sponsors, Maxine's Heavenly's Homemade Style Healthier For You Cookies at maxinesheavenly.com and use the code PLANTS25, P-L-A-N-T-S-2-5 to get 25% off. And if you want to upgrade your cookware to the most beautiful cookware set ever, it's like chemical-free iteration of the traditional 16-piece set boiled down into four essentials uh, in their pans that are so, so amazing. And their bakeware set, you can find Caraway Home at carawayhome.com slash plantpoweredkitchen for our special offer, our 10% discount, or you can use the code plantpoweredkitchen at checkout. I am so inspired to go to more theme parks. I used to love them as a kid. My parents are really thrill-seeking, adventurous people. And actually, the last time I, I went to a theme park, I took my dad to Great America right before the shutdown, I think. And it, as I mentioned in the episode, it was harder on my body now that I'm in my 30s, but still so, so, so much fun. And I can't wait to head to Six Flags with the master of roller coasters later this year. I'm only a little bit jealous, Tony, (laughs) but I'll definitely be living through both of your experiences. Uh, For those listening, if you want to check out any of the resources that we mentioned today um, or find Russell, or we'll also link all the resources that we created about being vegan or plant-based at Disneyland, you can find them at the show notes at plantpoweredpodcast.com. And if you're not already subscribed to our email list there, you can head there and pop in your email and that way you'll get a little email notification for each episode that comes out as well as some other helpful recipes and tips that we have to share with you. You can always find lots of summer-friendly vegan and plant-based recipes both at worldofvegan.com and at plantbasedonabudget.com and at foodsharingvegan.com. <laughs> Look at us go. Two people, three websites. Um, thanks so much for listening. Thanks for supporting the show and we'll talk to you in the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye.